The following program is an exclusive sports presentation of News Talk 1400 and Light Rock 97.5 News Gazette Media Stations. Now Brad Underwood says let's go. Frazier dribbles, backs away with three, going to have to shoot it with two, a long, long three. Oh, he got it! He got it! And that's going to end the half and listen to the roar! Fighting Illini game day is on the air. The countdown to tip-off is underway with the Rudy Wealth Management pregame show. Your first look, an in-depth preview of today's contest here on News Talk 1400 and Light Rock 97.5, the flagship home for fighting Illini basketball. Almost a five count, lob, intercepted by Nichols. He takes it away, fast break the other way, layup is good! And the crowd on his feet and a timeout Northwestern. Rebound on the floor, grabbed out of there and cleared by Felice, coast to coast, off the glass, got it to go down, counted and he's fouled. Now, from our Illini Game Day studios in Champaign, here's your host, Scott Beatty. Well, it's a rivalry that goes back a long ways, more than a century. And it resumes tonight, Illinois and Indiana basketball. The Illini on the road tonight to face the number 21 ranked Hoosiers in Bloomington, Indiana at Assembly Hall. Good evening, everybody. Scott Beatty here alongside Lauren Tate. The Illini coming in with a mark of 4-9. and nine. They are 0-2 in Big Ten play. Indiana is 11-2. They are 2-0 in conference. The Hoosiers have won six in a row. They rolled over Central Arkansas and Jacksonville in their last two ball games, but their four prior wins before that were all by three points or less, including a pair of two-point victories against Northwestern and Penn State. Of course, the Illini losing the Bragging Rights game before Christmas and then one of their worst losses in a while against Florida Atlantic in overtime this past Saturday at the State Farm Center. Lauren Tate, the Illini looking to get back on track, and it's pretty hard to do that in a place they haven't won since 2010 against the Hoosiers on the road. Well, everything points against them in this game, and that's, there's no doubt about that. It's just uh, it's going to take a, a, you know, a monumental upset for Illinois to win. Now, I say that with the realization that, uh, you know, that uh, Indiana only beat Northwestern by two and Penn State by two. And so, you know, those aren't uh, Penn State and Northwestern aren't great teams. And yet Indiana pulled those two games out narrowly. So maybe they're a little more vulnerable than we think. They did uh, lose earlier to Arkansas by one and to Duke by a bunch. They have got two of the best players in the Big Ten in Jawan Morgan, who's right now part of the conversation for a potential Big Ten player of the year. Yep. And, of course, a star freshman in Romeo Langford. The Illini have their own star in Io DeSumo, who has not been as prolific as Langford has been in his first season. But this could be an opportunity for him to shine a bit on a bigger stage. Yeah, and uh, the thing to, to remember here in this game is that Rob Fennessy who is a freshman star at point guard uh, for Indiana, will not play due to the concussion. That's a major uh, factor because he's the guy that hit the winning basket against Butler, that really tough three-pointer that won the game at the very end right at the buzzer. He was also uh, in, in the Penn State game. He had 12 points, five assists, and five rebounds. And he had two late threes in that one-point win over Louisville. So the guy has been a factor uh, he, I know that he's overshadowed by the two people you mentioned, Langford 
and Morgan, but Finnessy is a he's a good player. He's a good freshman. He's averaging forty three point five assists uh, for the season, and and they've got to find somebody to distribute the ball with him out of there. One factor that could help the Illini, Indiana is turnover prone, mm-hmm. and the Illini like to force them. The Illini yep. have forced over 18 turnovers a game. Indiana's committing 14 and a half. The other thing is we know Illinois is foul prone, but Indiana is not very good at the free throw line. As a team, they're shooting just 63 and a half percent. So that may be a vulnerability that the Illini could exploit. Well, somebody's going to have to step up for Indiana besides the two guys because Without Finnessy, they you know they don't have much scoring punch. But uh, Justin Smith's averaging eight point eight. He's a sophomore out of uh, Illinois, as you know. Uh, he's six seven, and he's very athletic. And so they they have more athleticism by far than Illinois. Smith is very athletic. Langford is very athletic, and Morgan is almost unstoppable in the post when he gets the ball down low. You just can't let him get it down there. And the concern I have is whether. Georgi Benishvili. Uh, yeah, I, didn't, I shouldn't even try it. Um, Georgie B. If, if Georgie has foul trouble again, as he did in the last game, that, that probably cost Illinois the last ball game. If, when, he only played 14 minutes in an overtime game. Mm-hmm. So 45 minutes he played 14, and that's not enough. They need him in there. Kane's not ready, and I know that, uh, you know, they just Illinois doesn't have enough strength at the post to be able to afford the fouls that uh, Georgie makes. Adonis De La Rosa will be dressed for this ball game. No Tevian Jones as he continues the suspension for the undisclosed team violation. The two teams split the series last year. Illinois won at home 73-71. Back in January of 2018 in February, Indiana took care of the Illini 78-68. When we come back, we'll check in with Doug Altenberger, who will be on the call in Bloomington. Our keys to the game still to come. The coach's corner also. Ryan Barnhart will talk with assistant Jamal. Walker, Illinois and Indiana tipping at 6 o'clock tonight here on News Talk 1400 and Light Rock 97.5. Fighting Illini game day continues after this. It's Fighting Illini game day. The Rudy Wealth Management pregame show continues on News Talk 1400 and Light Rock 97.5. Now with more, here's Scott Beatty. Illinois and Indiana tonight, a 6 p.m. tip-off to resume Big Ten play. First year with 20 conference games on the schedule. Of course, two already in the books from back in December. The Illini dropped their opener at Nebraska and then lost to Ohio State up at the United Centers, and they're back on the road again. The Illini next home on January 10th. Doug Altenberger is courtside at Assembly Hall, the other Assembly Hall out in Bloomington. Good afternoon, Doug. How are you? I'm doing great. Uh, was uh, driving down 65, uh, I 65 South, and uh, listened to a little Dan Dockage. <laughs> so uh, I'm all prepped for the uh, the uh, the IU Illinois game. He gave me that extra little. Uh, imp- yeah, I'm sure he gave you a, a lot of knowledge, uh, stuff that I could not even come close to attaining. So, uh, what does it all add up to for you then, and how you size this up for the Illini? Uh, well, uh, this is this is going to be a difficult. Ma- I mean, my opinion is is it's going to be a difficult matchup. These guys do what uh, really well. What our weaknesses are, which is driving to the basket, they get to the foul line. Um, they uh, are probably one of the, the, the better teams in the country uh, inside that three point line. 
but uh, I was talking to Brian. I, you know, I loved playing here as a shooter because behind the baskets almost has a has a high school type feel. That the uh, there's only about 20 to maybe plus rows behind the basket, so it's almost like you're shooting back at home uh, against uh, Champaign Central. It's uh, it's really a, 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 an easy background to shoot against versus some of the bigger arenas in the country. Well, one thing we're going to have to have, Illinois is going to have to hit some threes. I mean, we need to get Kipper Nichols going. He's two out of 19, Doug. Did you ever go two out of 19 on threes? Uh, no, I didn't. Uh, <laughs> you know, Kipper, b- b- before the Missouri game, uh, he looked really uh, comfortable uh, offensively, and he seemed to be really playing within himself, not trying to force things. Um, and, uh, you know, he just he goes now. I was surprised he's sort of gone backwards uh, offensively because uh, he just seemed like, uh, uh, you know, he was uh, really looking for had a lot of confidence in his shot. Uh, they really need him. I mean, they don't have a lot of scores on this team right now, and, and he's just so important for him. Plus, he's got a lot of experience. Uh, having played, you know, last uh, this is third year in the Big Ten, they need him to really step up in Big Ten play. Do you know what they're going to do to replace uh, Finnessy at, at the point in this game since since he's out due to a concussion? Well, uh, I, I did talk to Ed Schilling, the uh, uh, assistant coach for for IU, and and they're really concerned uh, about that. And, and he said, "Listen, you know, we're going to have to have." A bunch of guys step up, but not just one. And uh, you know they were really concerned about that. And uh, you know looking for Al Durham to, to maybe step up and, and some of the other guys uh, because he, he is really critical for them to handle the rock, uh, and he sets the tone for everybody. So that's it's definitely an asterisk, and he he discussed that in our in our pregame. Devontae Green maybe guarding uh, Trent Frazier. By the way, for what it's worth, in two ball games, Kipper Nichols. Uh, is the leading scorer for the Illini in the two Big Ten ball games, followed by uh, Trent Frazier. But I'm also curious to see how Io DeSumo responds tonight. Had an, a, a nice ball game against Florida Atlantic, but obviously not the same as a Big Ten opponent. And, uh, you know, he himself said he's not a freshman anymore. It's, it's, you know, it feels like it's time for Io to come out a little bit more in a big game. Well, what what happens is is that uh, when when you're the star of the of the team and then you come uh, in and you've got to learn that not everything's going to flow through you um, and that and that just takes time and right now there are times where he just tries to do everything on his own, especially uh, on a fast break transition. You'll see him come down. He's made some really poor judgments uh, in transition. He'll he'll put his head down and try to make something happen try to force it that that's really where he um, you know I see a lot of mistakes that he makes uh, and then against the Missouri game he got a little emotional beginning of the game and uh, you know got a technical foul and that really hurt us in the first half you need him out on the floor and uh, it, you know he's it's it's time you know it's not like we got a lot of guys on the bench who can help out you know he needs to step up and start playing uh, a little bit better and uh, he's just a, a guy that gives you a lot of different looks he's long and he can shoot it um, and so he needs to, you know, Big Ten play. It's about time he, you know, he starts playing, like you said, a little bit better. All right, Doug. Hey, we appreciate you checking in with us. We're going to hear plenty more from you in just a little bit. Enjoy the call, all right, and uh, look out for the candy stripes. All right, go Illini. <laughs> all right, Doug Altenberger will be joining up with Brian Barnard at the top of the hour. This is the Rudy Wealth Management pregame show for all your retirement planning and investment needs. Rudy Wealth Management voted number one in the People's Choice Awards. Archie Miller, second-year head coach of the Indiana Hoosiers, talks about why he thinks limiting turnovers against the Illini is key in this ballgame. 
It's the whole key to the game. Um, and it's, it's not just us. It's everybody who plays and has to deal with it. There'll be five to ten possessions in the game where you look out there and you say, this doesn't even look like a basketball game. It's just it's, it's, it's a firestorm, so to speak. And then there's those plays when you got to be able to capitalize with numbers where you don't make the silly mistake of over-dribbling and charging or, or just getting too sped up with numbers and not making the proper pass. But Illinois thrives on defense. They're, they're, they're steals. They thrive on their transition game. Um, and it's the whole key, so to speak, uh, is being able to function, you know, offensively with being able to find a way to get some quality shots and being able to get some numbers. Uh, it's not an easy thing to do, especially if you haven't played them, you know, uh, ever. You get young guys in the game. It's the first time they've seen it. So, But I've watched every one of their games from Maui all the way through to their Big Ten games to Missouri. I mean, every game's the same. It's just a rock fight. And you have to understand when you play the game, that's what it's going to feel like. So that's one of the keys, according to Archie Miller. Lauren and I will bring you our keys when we come back. Illinois and Indiana, a 6 o'clock tip. Big Ten play tonight here on Fighting Illini Game Day. It's Fighting Illini Game Day. The Rudy Wealth Management pregame show continues on News Talk 1400 and Light Rock 97.5. Here again, Scott Beatty. All right, making our way towards tip-off. The coach's corner coming up. Keys to the game now. Lauren Tate and I uh, bringing you those brought to you by Hickory Point Bank and Champaign and by Loman Ray Insurance. And, uh, Lauren, I've been kind of saying the same thing now for a few ball games. Me too. <laughs> I know, but I want to see Trent and Io both have a very productive game uh, together offensively. I don't know if that has to mean point-wise, but – just to have a game where you're out there saying, yeah, they're both in it, they're both gelling, and they're both producing. Well, the first thing I think about when you, when we say, well, we want Trent to score more, is that the person that's open has to do, has to take the shot. Now, there's reasons why certain people are open. I mean, Gene Cady used to say that. You know you know why you're open. They want you to shoot. But you've, you, the, a lot of the shots that Trent is taking are, are pressed are, are pressured. He's not getting easy threes, and if there's open threes, they simply have to hit him. Uh, I, I mean, I'm talking about Kipper has to start making shots. I mean, you, he's two for 19 on threes. That's terrible, and and, and you got, he's got to come out of that. But the other thing that I'm hung, hung up on is the fouls. I just can't stand to see him. Mm-hmm. It, it, it not only puts him on the line, but it gets your people in foul trouble. And the next thing you know, you, you lose Georgie from, from the game, or you see a couple games ago when you saw what happened with – Io, and when he got in trouble, um, early fouls are just murder. And, and I've always said, in my opinion, you should have six fouls. They should have changed that a long time ago, but they didn't. It's five, and if you get two in the first half, every coach takes his guy out, and that just destroys the guy for that night. Very often, they never bounce back. In Illinois, with a two-point loss against Florida Atlantic, with Aaron Jordan playing the remainder of the game as the five. That's not going to be no, even close tonight no, in Indiana if the same that. situation happens. I want to see more of Feliz, though. One thing I saw about him is he does things against his own and against tight defenses where he, he's able to get inside and make some cuts and, and set people up. All right, Lauren, enjoy the game. Thanks right. much. That's Lauren Tate with us here for our keys to the game. Coach's Corner in a moment. Brian Barnhart talks to assistant coach Jamal Walker fighting a lot on game day. Time now for the Coach's Corner, brought to you by Hickory Point Bank. Assistant Coach Jamal Walker with the scout. Here's Brian Barnhart. 
back at it here in Big Ten play, and that's what we're doing the rest of the way here. Yeah, and, uh, we're excited to be uh, consistently in the Big Ten play, and uh, uh, no no greater way to start than on the road and uh, kind of be united as a group and, and and start out here with a team that's in the top 25 in Indiana. Yep, and an Indiana team that has won a lot of close games this year. Their record's good, but there's a reason why it is. Yeah, they, they won some uh, some and had to come back a lot in, in, I think, four of their last five games that they've had to come back on either you know, single digits or down in the second half. And so it shows a little bit of a test of their toughness. It shows a lot about their will and their ability to win games. Everybody talks about Lankford, and they should. He's a, he's a top player coming out of the state of Indiana. We'll get to him in a moment, but I looked up some numbers on Jawan Morgan. 1,000 points, 500 rebounds, 100 assists, 100 blocks. There's only a handful of players in the country that have that active, and the other two in the Big Ten are Ethan Happ and Jordan Murphy, so he's in pretty good company. He's in great company. He's a, <laughs> he's a terrific player, and he's had uh, the one word I would probably use for him is consistency. Um, he's consistent on both ends of the floor. He impacts the game on both ends. Uh, he's a veteran. He's been in this league for four years, and you know I, I, I really like his game and I really like his presence. And you know, and and, and overall, as far as I know about him, he's a really, really good person. So when you get guys who are good players and good people, uh, that's the best. And I think he's their leader by far and away on that team. Yeah, I think he. What he had a triple double last game. Yeah, he had triple double. I mean, he's a good passer. <laughs> There's not a lot he can't do. You know, he's just. He, he's just not a flashy player, and when you when you see him, and then you watch the film, and you look up, and he has 35 against Butler, and he's 13 of 15. He's probably one of the most efficient players in the country um, when it comes to his touches and his ability to impact the game on the offensive end. All right, Romeo Langford. Everybody talked about him. Uh, how good is he? We know he's good, but what makes him a good player this young? I think uh, what makes uh, Romeo Langford good really right now is his ability to score the basketball, and he's kind of, and he's relentless in his pursuit of doing so. I think he gets to the foul line a ton. Most young guys don't get to the foul line a lot. He does. Uh, he hadn't shot the ball as well as he's capable of shooting the ball, but he finds ways. When guys are natural scorers, they find a way to put that orange pill between that hoop, man. <laughs> so I think he has done a great job of that by getting to the foul line and really tacking and putting a relentless uh, pursuit on the opponent's defense, and that's what he does really well. Mm -hmm. Looks to me like uh, Durham hasn't had a lot of high-scoring games, but he had a good couple of games against us last year. Yeah, he had two really good games against us, and uh, I told the guys that in the scouting report, anytime you get a player who has had success – uh, against a particular team. They carry that over, and they feel good about going into the game. We can't give him good looks. I mean, he's done a really good job of improving his three-point percentage. I think he had, he's shooting 41% from three on the year. And uh, he does a good job of kind of playing off those other guys. And so uh, we got to really do a good job of not letting him get that rhythm going like he do, he's done in the last last year in the previous two games. Well, and Fennessey, I think, is probably going to be out with a concussion. But uh, what did he bring for them, and what will they miss without him? Uh, I love this poise. I thought he, uh, for a freshman, I watched him on film. I thought he had an unbelievable, he did an unbelievable job of, of being poised, and and that just shows the shots he made. He made the big three. A lot of people shot against Butler. That was him. But he's also made some other plays. Big shot against Louisville to kind of get them over the hump in that game. He also made another uh, shot. Kind of, I can't remember the other game in particular, but he has got really, really, really great poise and he's not afraid to step up and make plays, and that's hard to find from a freshman point guard. We'll talk some more about tonight's opponent, the Indiana Hoosiers, with assistant coach Jamal Walker after this on the Coach's Corner. I'm Jan Miller of Hickory Point Bank. We're a locally owned and operated bank, but what exactly does that mean to you? Well, Champaign-Urbana has different needs than Chicago, and it certainly has different needs in Wall Street. Being locally owned simply means that every decision we make is based on a thorough understanding of what makes our corner of the world unique. Those decisions are going to be good for our customers, our communities, and all of our futures. 
Hickory Point Bank, invested, member FDIC. Back here in Bloomington, Indiana, against the Indiana Hoosiers, visiting again with uh, Jamal Walker. All right, anybody else we need to watch for off the Indiana bench? Uh, I would probably talk, keep an eye on Justin Smith. Justin Smith's one of the most athletic uh, players in the Big Ten. I thought he does a really good job of, again, playing off other guys and an excellent job in transition. And then Devontae Green is going to probably start tonight, I would imagine. Uh, started for him last year. He's not your normal uh, kind of guy off the bench, so to speak, because of his ability. Uh, he's got great experience. He's got great experience. He can make shots. So for him to insert himself into the starting lineup is nothing new for him because he was a starter last year. So those are the two guys in particular. Looks to me when you look at their shooting percentage, it's 53%, which is among the best in the country. I guess a big chunk of that would be the way they finish around the rim, right? Yeah, they're, they're good two-point you know, percentage. I think they're 16th in the country in percentage of points from the two-point area. Um, they do that. On um, post-ups, they get Juwan Morgan the ball. They drive the basketball, and then, you know, I, I think uh, they're really, really great in transition. I mean, most teams when they when they're in transition, they're feast and famine. They they tend to feast a little bit more than they famine because uh, they have multiple guys who can dribble and make plays. Juwan Morgan, who's to, who's their five man by number, really can push the ball and push the pace. So. Uh, our, our ability to neutralize them in transition and then us on offense taking good shots and not and limiting our turnovers will be a key to help kind of neutralize or, or kind of sustain mm -hmm. them or keep them in, in the half court. Well, Archie Miller, of course, with Sean Miller, everybody, you're connected uh, in that way. There's uh, a whole bunch of coaches uh, stylistically, the way they like to play, pace, uh, all of that. Uh, give, give me that. Yeah, similar. I mean, uh, Arch, Archie's a really good coach. Um, Done a really good job at Dayton. Has kind of carried over that that philosophy in Indiana, and they play prominently. They play 100% man to man. They're very simple in what they do, but they're really uh, really good at it. So, uh, yes, Archie's very similar to Sean in that regard, and in, in their ability and their philosophy. And they and they have they'll always be top 50 or top 75 in defense, and and they rebound the basketball, and they have a level of toughness to them. And Indiana is no different. All right, uh, a couple of keys for us tonight. When you look at it statistically, if we do well in these areas, we've got a shot here. Uh, rebounding, which has been a uh, you know keyless hill for us. We got to do a really good job of rebounding the basketball because uh, Indiana statistically offensive rebounding is not their thing. Um, our ability to offensive rebound and get extra possessions. So rebounding is number one. Number two is probably transition points. We want to minimize their transition points uh, with our ability to put, run really good offense. Some people think it's transition defense is just you know getting back is it's the quality of shot that we're getting on the offensive end will help us in our transition defense. And then their points in the paint. I mean, if they get their normal half of their points and points in the paint, uh, then that's going to be a long night for us. So we got to minimize their points in the paint um, and that, that not let them shoot a high percentage, which they've been doing all year. And on the flip side of that, having us finish around the rim, which we didn't do in the last game, I mean, that's uh, – that was, you know, you can talk about all the threes that we take, and we make a lot of threes too. It's those shots around the rim we're just not finishing. Yeah, I mean, anytime in offense, you know, statistically, you want to get as close as you can to the basket. So, <laughs> I mean, when you get layups, I don't know what other offense you want to run when you get guys point blank layups to the basket. And our guys know that, and, and you know, they, they kind of took that to heart, and they're very disappointed in their ability to finish layups. And then we did take a lot of threes, but, you know, threes are, are a part of the game now. Mm -hmm. And it's, just, it's not how many you take, it's just what kind of the quality of those shots. Mm -hmm. And, and looking back at those, some of them were really quality shots we just didn't make. You can't control if the ball goes in. What you t can try to control with your players and, and with your offense is the quality of shot that you get. And so we recruit guys to make shots, and if they step up in there and they feel confident and shoot the ball, which we didn't do in the second half, we lost a lot of our, our confidence and belief. we got to do that. 
I mean, that's what we get uh, a lot of shooting in our execution. So uh, we should take a lot of confidence in that, and that's what we told mm -hmm. our guys. Yeah, because over the guys I've worked with over the years, whether it's Steve Bardo or Jerry or Dion or Doug, they all say the same thing. Sometimes if you take a quick three, you might get that same shot three passes later where you get a much better look. Yeah, you know, sometimes. I mean, but if it's a quality shot, if we get a shot by one of our shooters, uh, whether it's Trent or, or Aaron Jordan or, or Io, they get a clean look at a three, and that's a good look, and they got to let that go, and that's our philosophy, you know. And um, some of those guys, the quality shot that we got in that game, you can look back and, and go, wow, that was a good shot. You can't get anything better than that. Or, but that's all you can control. So, mm -hmm. you know, you can't control if that ball goes in. What we can control is our ability to try to stop the other team and take good shots. All right. Hey, Jamal, good luck tonight. Appreciate it. All right, thank you. That's Jamal Walker, assistant coach, scouting Indiana tonight from Bloomington. More from Bloomington in a moment. Newstalk 1400, WDWS Champaign-Urbana, and Light Rock 97.5, WHMS Champaign-Urbana.